welcome to the Jock Mailbag Podcast. My name is Damo and we've got a special guest who you would have heard on the podcast with Lekdog earlier in the week, Steve from the Draft Doctors. How are you, mate? Doing good, doing good. Uh, Regional Victoria got released uh, from the the clutches of the government, so uh, up and about, up and about, lads. So I said you were from the Draft Doctors. They do awesome draft content, which I recommend to everyone. Uh, They've got some great group of guys who run that, and they've got a nice website as well. Uh, They're coming back after the buy. I assume they can find you on all the relevant platforms. Yeah, yeah, we're everywhere, everywhere. Good and bad podcasts are found. Uh, we're on the Twitters at the Draft Doctors. We tweet football stuff every now and again. So uh, get around it. And uh, what was your favourite footy moment from the weekend? I mean, it has to be Jack Rott's mark, doesn't it? Like just crazy hanger. It w- it was a good game. It was interesting to see both clubs play at a neutral venue as well. You don't usually see that. Well. You haven't usually seen that until the last couple of years anyway. And Clarky, you're here as usual. What was your favorite footy moment from the weekend? Yeah, good to good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, can I go past my favorite footy moment being Melbourne beating the Bulldogs comfortably? Comfortably, question mark? Yeah, I, I, felt, I felt comfortable. Huh? It looked pretty comfortable. I was probably getting uncomfortable how easy it, w- it was for, for them but you know it was a good win that's right back on top baby let the hubris begin <laughs> it's hard to have a favorite footy moment from the weekend for me after seeing the dockers kick horribly against port adelaide and not score anything in that first quarter but my favorite footy moment from the weekend is probably now let's just move on um <laughs> That's it. Footy ended poorly and then was dead to you until now. Pretty much. Um, The mid-season draft just finished. Um, There's probably maybe only eight or nine relevant rookies in that. We can go through names, but they probably mean nothing to anyone. So as they play, we'll tell you if they're relevant or not. Good How idea. did you fare in round 11 of Supercoach, McClarkey? Uh Look, not not very well. I was struck down with a few... It seems to me like my story every week where I'm just like, I'm on track for a decent score. And then just some somebody lets me down. And this week it was like uh, putting Walsh as captain at Foz Daddy's uh, recommendation, uh, which I now will no longer be taking captain options from him. Uh, he's gone to the blacklist. So that was probably my biggest misstep, but just dropped about a thousand spots. So I'm just sitting about just, just inside the 6k. Um, so I'm not, not dead too yet. Bad. Yeah. I'm not dead yet, but the buy rounds are here and with a vengeance. Yeah. We'll talk about Sam Walsh a bit later in relation to one of the questions. Um, Steve, how did you go? Oh, not good. Not good. I dropped 900 spots, so I'm back to uh, 4,700. Um, my rucks just continue to be the bane of my existence. Yeah, I heard um, on the podcast you have got, you went with a budget ruck line. Yeah. But, which probably worked for, for a long time until, you know, yeah, Leon Cameron did. stepped in. It, it, yeah, it did. It did. And, 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 now we're, and now we're here. And now we're here. 
No, I respect it. Anyone who anyone who is trash talking the budget rock lines, you don't know, you didn't feel the thrill that we all felt. <laughs> yeah, Tom Hickey pumping out hundreds every week was um it was a great experience. Not gonna lie. Well, when Braden Proust went down, everyone was looking at him and was like, nah. And then they went to Stefan Martin, nah. Yeah. No no one wanted to take a punt unless it was Braden Proust. So, you know. Now we're looking at players like Sean Darcy and Nick Natanui and all that sort of defying the odds of scoring well and the yeah. ruck the, the ruck line is the least of our worries, it seems. Is Braden Proust one of the most cursed footballers currently on a list? Just couldn't Surely. get a gig at Melbourne. Not he's not a terrible player, but you know, you couldn't get a gig at Melbourne when you're behind Max Gorn as a ruckman. Then they brought in Luke Jackson, who it's like, all right, yep, cool. So you don't need him anymore. Goes to GWS, immediately needs a shoulder Rico. And then as he's about to return, Tez is pectoral. I, he is he has hit a cat somewhere or like pissed off a witch. The Swans delisted Alex Johnson, didn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. If he was still on the list, I would say that Alex Johnson's probably more cursed. But yeah, Braden Bruce is probably the one currently on a list that is the most cursed. Um, we'll go straight into the questions and we'll talk about the ruck line a little bit more because JB on Twitter is asking, what should he do with Brody Grundy? Obviously out for two to three weeks with that neck injury. They say two to three weeks at this stage, which is a scary sort of way to frame it. If you've got Roddy Grundy, you're holding him, aren't you, Steve? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it probably depends on your position. If you're sort of top thousand and you got oodles of trades, maybe you get aggressive. But probably otherwise, you'd you'd probably just stick fat, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, for me, do as I say, not as I do. I have actually traded him to Nick Natanui just to try and get a leg up, just to try and push myself forward and ride that form line that Nick Natanui is currently having um but if i was smart which i am not i would be holding Brody grundy clarky oh yeah you gotta hold him uh i think is it's the it's like the it's the fun option versus the sensible option isn't it because it's like the sensible option is well he's only missing three three weeks is guaranteed because they've got the round 14 buy. So he misses two weeks from the injury, gets another week on the buy to recover, and he's back the round after that. And then what? The, what is the plan to bring to bring him back in? That's going to cost you two trades. When if you're at the point end of the season with an unlucky roll, like I, I have like 11 trades or something before trades this week, and I'm like, that's not something that's on my luxury list. But I, I agree. I agree with Steve. If you have oodles of trades. Um. Yeah. Sure. By by all means. But it's best eighteen this week anyway. So, if your team's set up decently for the next couple rounds of buys, you you're sitting pretty anyway. You're not really missing out on that many points by leaving him there, because yeah. you'd say you know you you're not missing 150 from Brady Grundy having a really good game. You're probably missing maybe 50 points from the next best person if you've got a decent setup. Yeah. And. Steve, I guess um, with Brody Grundy only missing two actual potential weeks of football, and the be- and the best eighteen for the buy rounds, you're not missing his points like Clarky was saying as much as you would if it was a full squad that you had to get a get a score from. Yeah, of course, of course. The um, 
I always think it's a really interesting situation with with Collingwood because you never know there's so much turmoil there. I'd love to see something like the coach gets sacked, someone comes in, starts running a dual ruck setup or just absolute mayhem like that. Like, you know, just something or like that. That'd be that'd really throw a cat amongst the pigeons, wouldn't it? A car. Or, or, or it becomes an Aaron Rodgers situation and Brody Grundy doesn't even want to return to, <laughs> to the side. Uh, I look forward to Mason Cox, Darcy Cameron, dual ruck setup this week. <laughs> yeah. The next question, we'll stick in the ruck line, has actually come from one of our own Foz at the website. He wants to know, is it worth downgrading Matt Flynn to Ned Reeves, expecting him to make 200k by around 17-18? Or should he wait for Flynn to get to his max price and then downgrade to 102k bargain basement player? Clarky? For me, uh, I am training... It depends on your position. As with all of the questions we get ever, it varies from position to position. Uh, My So my personal, what I've done, I brought in Ned Reeves, gives me a little bit of ruck cover, say next week when he's back from the buyers, and he gives me a little bit of cover in round 14 as well. Hawthorne seemed pretty confident in playing him alongside uh, McAvoy for the rest of the year on and off. So he's got a pretty decent job security. He's also bargain basement cheap, so I can cash out Flynn now make that money and then I can use what little trades I have left over the next couple buys to start going nuts. If you are luxurious with trades uh, and you want to hold out for Flynn to play probably one or two more games, you can also do that. But personally, I think bringing in Reeves this week and cashing out Flynn, it's not a bad idea. Uh, Flynn is not playing anyway this week, so you're not really missing out buy-wise that, that way. But I think it's just cash it out and then build the war chest for next week where you start bringing in, you know, Took Millers and Patrick Cripps and Jai Simpkins, I guess. I was trying to think of anyone I could think of. I feel like trading Matt Flynn to Ned Reeves is probably the smarter play because it gives you a little bit of ruck cover, but obviously you want the most money from the trade to use on something else. So Steve, is it more important to have the ruck cover on the bench or should you sort of maximize your points on field first? I'd be, I'd be cagey. Like, isn't Segler fit now? Like, like he's played VFL. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Doesn't he, doesn't he get, get a game? It's hard to read Clarko whether he wants to back in the kids and play them and really go hard on this rebuild or bring in some experienced players to sort of, get them winning games again and it's going to be really interesting if they get sort of pumped again by a team in a similar position to the Gold Coast Suns. So you had Seggs. Seggs has got to be he's getting close to 30 if he's not. 30. McAvoy's got to be at 32, 33. I feel like blooding the young kid seems like the smarter overall I don't know. Clarko doesn't like rebuilds so sorry that's all a moot point I guess. I'm just saying if you had, like, say you had Grundy and Gorn and Flynn, if you were holding Grundy and then traded down to Reeves and then they flipped the script and brought back Segler, you know, you, you might be in trouble for a couple of weeks. I, I, I think it's a good move. Like, I, I like Reeves and, and he's played yeah. well, so I'm kind of with you. I like Ned Reeves, but I don't know if he's going to stay in the side long enough to make 200K. I don't think he will. I think, and I think that's the big thing where it's like I'm, I'm doing it in a situation where 
Uh, like I said, I don't have a lot of trades left. Pretty much the trades that I've got left, they're all upgrades. I am cashing out Flynn now because I want to upgrade next week. And I think that's probably, it's like when people were talking about whether they bring in Waitman or Madden last week. You know, you're going for a guy who gives you more money on the down trade, probably doesn't have a better job security compared to Waitman, but Waitman was about 50k more. And that 50k is better in your bank if you're like me and you're just going, well, my team's going to be what it is in about three weeks. And that's how it's going to be for the next eight rounds after that. Yeah, now's the time to trade in players with either good job security or that are going to allow you to use the most cash either elsewhere or later down the track. So, um, and job security, I guess we'll talk about that with the next question. Lincoln's asked, if Riley Collier-Dawkins is dropped, is it worth going to Trent Bianco early? You can see my response to the previous question and just copy and paste Trent Bianco and then <laughs> copy and replace uh, Flynn with Kaczynski. And you'll see exactly how I feel about that. I, so I don't know if Riley Collier-Dawkins will go out of the Richmond side this week, especially with... Lots of Richmond players saying that they may not want to stay in Perth very long. Um, I know Trent Cochin is considering going back to Melbourne because his kid's in hospital. So fair call. that is a fair call. Um, I know Jack Rewalt doesn't want to stay in a hub for, for longer than three weeks. So that's another reason that we might see some players have better job security than others. Um, obviously different types of players, Riley Collier-Dawkins and Jack Rewalt. Um, but I think Riley Collier-Dawkins... Would be would be unlucky to be dropped this week, considering his form recently and what how they've been using him. Um, but Steve, I don't know if you heard them, but uh, Nathan Buckley's comments regarding Trent Bianco before his debut was quite positive. Oh, and he looked great when he was out there. He found space. He used the ball well. Uh, uh, they're they're both good. You'd try to find a way to have both in your team. I would have thought. Yeah, and. Going early on a rookie is hard because you don't know if they're going to stick around for their third game. But I guess Trent Bianco's first game is enough of um, is enough of an indication that he's going to be good enough in the in the long term. Maybe even if not in the short term, so he might not play three games in a, in a row. But I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. But he's probably going to get multiple opportunities throughout the season to make money and score points for your team. Now, let's be honest. I think Collingwood. Uh... Like Steve was saying before, it's kind of, I want to see something interesting happen there, whether it's young kids playing good footy or Nathan Buckley getting fired out of a cannon into the sun or Jordan Degoe getting escorted off the field by police officers for his court hearing. Whatever happens, any one of those three. But I think going early on a kid who's playing well in a team that look like they're ready to just sort of mix things up and give these kids a chance and really blood them. Like Caleb Poulter. I think is another really good example. Came into the side basketball background and has been playing quite well on a on a decent wing role. So they're they're obviously willing to let these kids play as long as they're you know playing well and they're doing what they need to do within the team. And Collingwood love players with basketball backgrounds. Who doesn't? We'll move away from that to go to the next question. Uh, Ned uh, has asked: Should he bring in Bailey Dale now or wait for Patrick Dangerfield later? Good question. You got to. Um, I think if you like Bailey Dale, it's because he's outpricing his current salary cost. But 
you're going to have him at the end of the year and he's not going to be a top, you know, he's not going to be a top scorer sort of thing. So, Yeah, and Patrick Dangerfield, uh, he's currently priced at... Yeah, he's... Six, he's over 600K, has, hasn't moved in price from his Cause he hasn't starting... Because he's only played two games, but his break-even is 200. So even if he scores his projected scores as Supercoach Gold is projecting him to score, he still gets down to 500 and... He, he, to be honest, he gets down to about 530k and sticks there for the whole... for the rest of the season. But you're waiting until round 18 to get him at his bottom out price. So that's probably a bit too long to wait to get him in. Just go for Bailey Dale. I, I mean, at this point, the forward lines are flaming pile of trash and you need to get all the rookies off the field possible yeah look ned uh i know that you have a choice in podcasts when you come to ask your questions and we are certainly grateful that you chose ours personally i don't like either of those options uh i think bailey dale is not going to be a top top six really he's a good option he's playing well he's still got his buyer to come up as well you know i would probably be more tempted by say, waiting till next round and bringing in Aaron Hall and just going for gold with that because he seems to have a bit more of a consistent history and seems to be over his injury at the moment, touch wood. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa. Did you just say Aaron Hall and consistent? Yeah, right. My, my God. Right? Well, he is consistent so far. He's on his run of actually playing games. And then <laughs> yeah. when when does he get injured? That's, that's the other question. But I, I would personally prefer that because he's got a... Decent ceiling, and I don't trust Bailey Dale or Patrick Dangerfield to really bring you good value for money. I just looked it up, and Aaron Hall has actually been consistent. Uh, 106, 113, 112, 104, 121 in his last five games. That's that's the sample size of five games. What's his career? Five games a season. Yeah. <laughs> He's on par. He's actually he's exceed. He's actually exceeding expectations. He's maxed out. <laughs> it's a. It's a good thing. It's a buy this week because I think he would have got injured if North Melbourne were actually playing. I like what you said about waiting and just getting someone after. That yeah. seems like a better plan. <laughs> Look, if if you have to pick between those two, I would go for Bailey Dale because he is cheaper, and Patrick Dangerfield is not going to come back and bust out one twenties by any means from ankle surgery, regardless of any amount of time. And to be honest, I think Geelong played better without him. I'm skipping the next question to go to the, the question after that. Because we're, we're, we're talking about injury-prone players. Nige hasn't really asked a question. He's just said, talk me out of Isaac Heaney. Well, John Longmire has said that they're going to manage him based on how he pulls up after every game. So there is a chance that he misses one or two games after having an absolute blinder, and there's and there's also a chance that he could play five or six games in a row, scoring 60, 70, 80 points, and then also miss a game after after that because he's played five games in a row. I I understand he is cheap. I understand that he can average ninety five plus. I just can't bring myself to select Isaac Heaney. Well, Nigel, I'm going to put on the big old skin-tight red suit with the horns on it and uh, head over to your other shoulder. I think you should do it. I think you should do it right now. He is great value. 
And who doesn't love a roll of the dice? Go for broke. Why not? <laughs> he's better. He still presents value at his price. Steve, surely you feel the same way about Isaac Heaney as you do Aaron Hall. I love Isaac Heaney, man. It's yeah. the rig. He's got a great rig. You could get Aaron. You could get Aaron Hall. I don't have any problem with that. <laughs> so you feel. So you think Isaac Heaney is a safer option than Aaron Hall? Though I didn't say, I didn't say he's safe. I just. I think he's a good <laughs> option. What I like about that's my favorite caveat. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, you know, everyone's, hey, look, you're injury prone until you're not, right? And, yeah. um, you, you know, he, he just doesn't seem to get soft tissue injury. He just like breaks a hand or breaks a, you know, he breaks things. He's, But he's getting uncontested ball. I kind of like that. Um, you know, he's winning the ball in different ways. Uh, this is the cheapest you'll get, Isaac Heaney. Well, Nige, uh, I think it was a loaded question. You didn't want us to talk you out of Isaac Heaney. You want us to tell you that it's a great idea and Damo is being too sensible. We don't listen to sensibility. It's super coach, baby. Anyway, we'll go back to the other question that we skipped over. J-Town has $1.5 million to spend after using his three trades for this round. I'm not going to tell him who to trade in because he can probably get anyone he likes. But should he keep some of it because of the limited trades that he's likely to have in the back end of the season. You know, I'm like a really rich person will just be like, Oh man, I can't believe I spent a thousand dollars on groceries last month. And you're just like, man, my max budget is like 60 bucks a week. I wouldn't even know what to buy a thousand dollars worth of groceries. This is kind of what that feels like to me. (laughs) Um, yeah, hey, look, you can get anyone you want over the next couple of weeks. Keep a buy structure. Bring in guys who are going past their buy and complete your team that way. Just make a plan. Pick your players, however many you have left on field, four, five, six, or whatever. Pick your guys over the next ones as they come off the buy. Bring them in because you've got endless cash, baby. Steve, Clarky didn't really answer my question here. Should he keep some of it? Because of his, because of the limited trades that he will likely have in the back end of the season. Oh, I mean, I, I sort of agree with Clarky. I don't, you know, I don't think you should be spending everything just because you have to. Like, at some point, value comes into it. Players yeah. might be very similar. One's thirty thousand dollars less. Well, okay, let's let's make a smart decision here. But um, I think passing your buy is pretty important. That that's going to be key. But there's some ugly teams in that first bye week. Yeah, and there's the potential that there's only five games in round 14 as well with the AFL trying to n- navigate the lockdown in Victoria Oh, as that's well. going to be great. Best 10. We might it's even get some my more team. trades, which is going to be fantastic. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Disclaimer. <laughs> we may not get more trades. Damn, I would like more trades. Done. Disclaimer. We are not getting more trades at this moment. Disclaimer. We'll quickly move on so people don't dwell on that for too too long. I love you, Damo. Is the real Patrick Cripps coming back? Too small of a sample size. Uh, He did play well. He played really well. Uh, And we love that. And I think Lechdog called it on the main pod, probably not last week, the week before. And then he had a communion with the spirit of Patrick Cripps. 
he said that his tackle number, he saw that his tackle numbers were going up, which indicated he was probably feeling a bit fitter. He's coming off a bye ne- this week as well, or next week. And he's dirt cheap. So, I mean, I liked what I saw from him. I still would probably want to see a little bit more to know that he can maintain it. And it's not just going to be like, oh, he was just feeling pretty good that week. Because, I mean, we spoke about it before. I've had a bad back. Like, you know what? Some days are better than others. Some days you don't get up. Some days you're like, I feel like I could do an Olympic high jump. And with Patrick Cripps getting back to his best, is it lowering the reliance on Sam Walsh, which means that Sam Walsh isn't scoring as well as he was? Or was the game on the weekend just an anomaly that we have to sort of look past? Yeah, look, one game's one game's happen. One game's happen. You know, players can be up, players can be down. Um, I would have thought if you're tackling big in the long run, if that was going to maintain, it was going to affect Ed Kerno. Um, that's that's his bread and butter. But tackles are down this year, so uh, you know it is what it is for one week. I mean, as well, Walsh only scored like it was only a ninety, and I mean that's pretty down for what he's been outputting this year, but it's still nothing to like, you know, it's not a 40, it's not a 50, which you know is really not, bad. Like a 90, you'd take that. It's not panic stations just yet. Nah. To, to, to me, Cripps feels like, like the midfield equivalent of Bailey Dale. Like you're getting him because of the price point. You're going to have to have him till the end of the year, but they're not probably, well, they might be one of the top guys, but they're probably not going to be. Yeah, in terms of average and total points, relative to their positions. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Gill has asked Is Adam Chera and Andrew Brayshaw being in the same midfield going to hurt each other? Um, No, the Dockers' strength and conditioning team is going to hurt Adam Chera and Andrew Brayshaw, but I don't think they're going to hurt each other. Um, If you mean scoring, no, I don't think they're going to hurt each other's scoring either. You're you're my free air guy, so I trust what you say. I have a different. Adam seems yeah, Adam Chera seems to be more on the outside lately as well. Um, he started the year playing on the inside, but obviously the Dockers got uh, busted up in that first game against Melbourne, and then again against Carlton a few weeks later because they didn't have a big body in there. So they've moved Chera out to allow Fife and Mundy to rotate through there, um, and it's helped them it hasn't fixed the problem but it's helped them um so i think i think the reliance has changed and it's not so much that them being in the same midfield is hurting them it's the fact that justin longmuir has changed the midfield setup to create more of a dynamic sort of role for for everyone and something that's more beneficial for the team so I'm sure Andrew Brayshaw is going to be fine when they win, but obviously when they lose, he can get shut down and get tagged. Adam Chera is less likely to get tagged. No one seems to tag David Mundy and no one tags Nat Fife because he can literally just play out of the goal square and still do what he does. So I think there's nothing to worry about there really. I was going to say that their biggest problem, the thing that's going to hold them back is winning games. Yeah. I also yeah. like the idea that people, they just walk out and they won't tag David Mundy because they just go, look at that old man. He's not going to do anything. It's just unceremonious. 
Show him some damn respect. It's kind of like uh, no one really tags Scott Pendlebury anymore. Mm. Mm. He he tags himself out of games now, man. I don't know if (laughs) you've been watching lately. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking, I'm like, ah, there's a name I haven't heard all year since preseason. I saw a Did photo you on Twitter. He, I've heard that. I saw that there was a photo on Twitter, and he had the ball, and that must have been photoshopped. There was no chance that happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've tried to include one of these in every podcast. So we've we've had stupid questions, not stupid questions. We had some fun questions. There are no stupid questions, only stupid answers. True. From that um, specifically. So we've had best hair, best theme song. Um, what are some other ones, Kalaki? We've had uh, best it, commentary team. Yeah, which uh, jersey would you wear from a team that is not your own? Yep. And now we've got, do you prefer sausage rolls or party pies? Specifically party pies. Uh, is that... Are we talking, and is it like a full, like, am I going a full-size sausage roll or a party pie? Are we t- I think we're talking about the, the the little sausage rolls that you get in like that 40 pack from four and 20 with like the 20 and sausage rolls and the 20 party pies, but they're all like the same size. Well, it's got to be party pies. Yeah, There's... Steve, you're on the party pie train. No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sausage roll kid. No, that's fair. Okay. They're both, the... hey, they're both high quality. Yeah, you can't lose. I just like the flaky pastry. Oh, yes. yes. That's, that's that's the win. It's a little bit of puff. That's it. All right, nice we've re- They're all good. We've, <laughs> we've reached the end. Steve, you're from the Draft Doctors. You can follow the Draft Doctors at the Draft Doctors on Twitter and listen to their podcast when they return after the buys. Uh, yeah. Steve, where, where, where can they follow you specifically? Uh, I'm at Stevie Fizz on Twitter, but you don't want to know that. That uh, okay. flaming dumpster that's floating <laughs> down the river. Uh, we just did a one. We did we did a draft where the, you only take one player from each team to fill out a five seven one five lineup. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so you can check that out. We just did that last week, I think. That sounds like a really fun idea. I would definitely recommend a listen uh, for that one. And Clarky, everyone knows where to follow you because I tag you in every post that we post. So people seem to think I have some good good ideas up in the noggin. Sometimes. <laughs> anyway, you can still ask us questions during the week, but we won't answer them until the next podcast. Um, and that's it for this week. We'll see you next time.